what is a talent? It's the first question that we should ask ourselves. And I looked it up, different definitions. And one of the greatest American philosophers, Woody Allen. Not really. Well, but he says, talent is luck. The important thing in life is courage. So basically, he said, well, sometimes you might be lucky and then you're talented. Steve Martin, the uh, actor, remember him? He says, thankfully, persistence is a great substitute for talent. So if you push really hard, well, you make up for the lack of talent. Today, we have this parable of the five, the three, the two, and the one talent given to the, the servants. Talent, usually we understand it as something very random. Either you are talented or you're not. And if you are, good for you, lucky you. And if you are not, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Um, and it, we vaguely associate it with success. So if you're talented, you would be successful. You would be popular. You will make money. But let's go back to the original sense of the word which is Jesus is talking about, which is money. He's talking about currency. The talents are coins. They could be silver coin or gold coins in the time of Jesus. And scholars say something quite incredible, that one talent at the time of Jesus, one silver talent was worth 15 to 20 years of daily wages. So think about that. One talent, if you make $50,000 a year times 20, that's a million dollars. So the one who received one talent, he received a million dollars. Usually we, we think, oh, he only received one talent. Poor guy, one talent. The other ones received five. Well, but he received a million dollars. It's true that the other ones received five million dollars, right? But it's a superabundance of gifts. The master is not a stingy master. He's, he's giving generously. He's entrusting his wealth to the servants. So Je Jesus is implying that the talents are all the things that we have received for free that he gives us, we have them, we have to work with them. And this could be many different things, because usually we say, oh, how talented she or he sings well. We tend to think talent with artistic abilities. But there are many talents that have nothing to do with art. Some do, but not all. Like your, your life, your family. The ones you love, your job, your intellectual abilities, your capacity to comprehend, to understand, your knowledge, the knowledge you have acquired over time. Of course, arts and craft and playing an instrument and being able to sing, those are talents as well. But even your writing skills, your organizational skills, some people are very good at that and some others are not. Your even emotional skills are talents. Your capacity to connect with someone, your capacity to be perceptive, 
having empathy with people. And many others, the capacity to make friends. People are very friendly sometimes. That's a great talent. In this parable, Jesus is talking about everything we have received that we, in turn, as good stewards, have to uh, render an account. But I'd like to be, for a second, the devil's advocate in favor of the guy who received only one talent. Because he says that the gospel says that he went ahead and he dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. What is so wrong about that? Let's think about it for a second. Because he didn't spend the money irresponsibly, did he? He didn't. He didn't went ahead and gave it away. He did not waste the money. He kept it stored safely until his master would return. So when you try to think about it seriously, it's like, well, what's so wrong about that? Well, when I was in elementary school, there was a teacher who was very famous for like sharp remarks. And we were 40 kids, all boys in one classroom. And obviously we were kind of rowdy and loud at times, so she uh, called our attention. And uh, yeah, we, we misbehaved like every boy does eventually. And I remember saying to her uh, one time, claiming innocence on my part, I didn't do anything. She looked at me and she said, precisely that, you're not doing anything. Get to work, do something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is, the, that is the problem with this servant. He's not doing what he should be doing. It's not what he, um, it's, it's like a sin of omission, we would say nowadays. He's idle, inactive. He's content with his million dollars and is not ready to take any risk. He's complacent, he's lazy, he chooses comfort over effort, and he's not willing to risk, maybe for, if you look closely at the, at the parable, for one of two reasons. He says that he's afraid because the master is a demanding master. The first reason might be that he, th he, th he thinks actually that the master is a demanding um, master. He has the feeling that, you know, those bosses that are breathing in your neck, micromanaging everything you do, making sure that you perform every single minute of the day. He has, that's how he perceives the master. And sometimes that's our relationship with God. We, it's like an oppression almost to feel that because you think that you have to perform every single moment of the day and that is super hard who can who can do that but the problem is that it's a misconception because the gospel is very clear that he went away and he didn't call back he didn't check on them you know uh, over time he after many, uh, after a long time, he returned. So he's not like that. In fact, he's the opposite. He's 
generous and, and giving. And the second thing that might re remain or refrain us from working with our talents is comparing ourselves. You see that the other one received five, he received two, I only re received one. And almost instantaneously, we, we compare. And then we start feeling that we are somehow less, that we don't have what it takes, that we cannot compete, that we will not be good enough. And so that is discouraging because we will not even do our effort, the effort that we could do, not that the other ones can do, because the talents are given according to each one's ability, it says, the, the, the beginning of the parable. So those are two things that might pull us back when we uh, try to work with our talents. But we must. The first two servants, they went ahead right away. They started to trade with them. They knew that they had received a great gift. They were responsible for it. This is a great opportunity. Imagine someone gives you $5 million. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> right? So they wasted no time. They knew that the choices they made were important choices, that things depended on that. And to be complacent is to stay where you are, to just grow yeah, lazy. Because you, we all know that to make progress means to change. Sometimes we don't want to change too much. If we are honest, we like sometimes how things are, well, I'm just fine, I'm comfortable, as it is, why more? But progress, progress means change. John Henry Newman wrote a beautiful uh, book right before his conversion. It's called The Development of Doctrine. And in, in this book, he tries to understand how Christianity, the message of the gospel, evolved and grew and developed over time. And in that, um, he compares Christianity to a spring of water turning into a big river over time. And these are his words. It is indeed sometimes said that the stream is clearest near the spring. Whatever use may fairly be made of this image, it does not apply to the history of a philosophy or belief. Christianity, in his case, which, on the contrary, is more equable and purer and stronger when its bed has, has become deep and broad and full. And he continues, in a higher world it is otherwise, but here below to live is to change. To be perfect is to have changed often. If we are to be perfect, if we are to trade with our talents, we have to push ourselves to some sort of change. It is usually said among all the spiritual masters that in the spiritual life, you never stay still. Sometimes we, we might experience that in our, in our Christian life, we have reached a plateau. Well, I'm, I'm just here, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm the same thing as I was like a year ago. I'm doing myself same 
devotions, praying the same prayers, doing more or less the same things. I'm not sinning very gravely. I haven't improved much in the things that I probably should, but I'm, I'm okay. And we grow complacent. But the spiritual masters say that is never the case. It's never the case because the spiritual life is like climbing, climbing a mountain. So you can never stay still. You're either climbing up the ladder, up the mountain, or going downhill. Maybe you're not realizing it. Maybe it feels like you're staying in the same place, but slowly you're going down. Or maybe you're slowly going up, but you, we are always moving. It's like life. You can, it never stays the same. So the question today is, what has changed in, the, in your life? What is changing? How are you different than a year ago, for instance? Because that's the one thing we can look at to see if we're making progress. What have you trade? What have you risked? What have you gained? What have you profit with the gifts that the Lord has given you? And I touch shortly, but upon three little things that might help us. First, in your prayer, has it become like that river, broad, stronger, and pure, solid prayer, like those big rivers that are strong and silent, but are there still? Has your prayer life been deeper? Is it more profound? Are you more passionate for Christ? Do you love him more? Do you know him better than a year before ago? That's one thing that we can look at. The second is our service, because we all have talents. We don't all serve for the same thing. Our you know, different talents may be used in different ways. But there's always something we can do for others. Mother Teresa has a terrible uh, phrase. She said, he who does not live to serve, does not deserve to live. <laughs> That's pretty strong. <laughs> so how do you serve? To whom, when, where? Somehow we, we must serve other, others, not only ourselves, right? And then, has it grow a sense of mission in your life? Because if you are conscious that you have talents, you are also conscious that you have something definitive to do here in this life. And then no one else can do it. Your talents are not transferable. No one else has it, only you. The combination of talents that is you, it's only yours. That's why the Lord has, the Lord has given you a mission that he has not trusted anyone else in the universe. That is beautiful. And it gives us a sense of mission. We should grow in that. So do you know in your guts that there is something that no one else can do but you? Let us grow in the ability to 
know that we have to be useful, we have to put them to use, and then we have to risk it also. Our talents, when we put them to use, we risk them. But only in doing that, we can gain much.